1: Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come join our Discord. The Mixing Music Discord server is filled with tons of awesome information and people. People that can help you out and information that can help you grow your business and to help you improve your mixes. So come join us and find the invitation link at mixingmusicpodcast.com. Hello and welcome back to the Mixy Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, for the first time in a while today, we have La 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 Legacy Lou. No,
0: know, I do actually enjoy my legacy plugins and items.
1: There you go, legacy <laughs> plugins. You know what's funny? You can often download legacy plugins for free because they don't like support them anymore. So if it yeah. works on your computers. Anyway, we won't get into that. So uh, so if you have Soothe two and you download Sooth One, as long as you have the license for Sooth Two, you can actually use Soothe One. Yeah. So it's interesting. Just uh anyway, legacy plugins, we're not gonna talk about that. Um we're today we're talking about the world famous, the famous TubeTech CL1B. We're gonna talk about the hype. We're gonna read the fucking manual today. We're gonna go over what everything does. And we learned a little bit about the TubeTech ourselves in preparation for this episode, including one of the most confusing parts I've ever seen. We've read the manual, we've read a few different websites, we even went onto Gearspace, and finally, I think we have some kind of an idea, but no, not confidently, of what the heck one of the switches does on the TubeTech. But anyway, let's get right into it. TubeTech. It's it's a piece of analog gear that you see in many many studios. It is bright blue. It has a gain reduction meter. It, it looks like it comes from the family of like the Poltec line, of but the blue is slightly lighter and it's a compressor. It's that, almost like
0: Mega Man blue.
1: There you go. It's like it's it's a really common one of the industry's most common. Yeah, Mega Man blue. One of the most yeah. industries one of the most common compressors that you'll find in commercial spaces and even argue, arguably in LA it's a part of the reason why Lou you got one was because um you people were convinced yeah yeah you were convinced that this is one of the reasons why people book the studio and and um you know what it definitely helps <laughs> yeah you know so it's one of those things where why do people like it so much I don't know. We're going to explore that question a little bit. We're going to explore exactly how to use it so you can go into your next session or into the next studio um, knowing how to use it and how to properly make magic with your next mix and recording. We're going to start off with Lou, before we get into reading the manual and reading the history, is there anything that you want to say about the CL-1B and its legacy? Sure.
0: Uh, it's a great unit. Um, you see it everywhere and it, it, it is still something true that I believe that Um, If you're going to buy one, you should own a commercial location outside of that. um, I think I've been very vocal about my opinion on uh, I'd rather just take a Distressor. But we'll explore the reasoning behind that because it's actually a really good unit. You just have to know how to use it, but it's just uh, it's just one of those that really found a special home in like pop music. You don't see it a lot in rock. You don't see it a lot in like other genres outside of like pop R and B, um, especially not so much as in, in like the rap industry. Because like once once we go over like everything about it, its characteristics and everything, you'll kind of see why um, the tube tech really did shine in pop R and B worlds. Especially why, like a lot of people when they're booking studios, why they're looking for one. There you go. So we're gonna read a little bit these these uh,
1: things that I'm reading here, these paragraphs I'm pulling from Sweetwater, from Vintage King, um, from Tube Tech website itself, from Gearspace. And uh, we'll even talk about what the heck. Um, so we're reading the Tube Tech manual, and then we're also reading from ChatGPT and, and the reason let's actually go over the ChatGPT Chat thing first. It says, I asked ChatGPT, why do engineers like the tech CL1B compressor? And yes, I typed it in a tone just like that. Like, why the heck? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number one, uh, this is the five reasons ChatGPT says, from pulling from its knowledge of the internet, is sound quality. The tech Seal one b is renowned for its exceptional sound quality. Its tube-based compressor That imparts a warm and smooth character to audio signals, adding depth and richness. Number two, versatility. It can be used on a lot of different things. Um, Vocal is most popular on vocals and bass, which we'll talk about in just a moment here. Even drums. Musical compression. I do actually agree with this one a lot. Uh, Engineers appreciate the CL1B for its ability to apply compression in a musical and natural way. It handles transients and shapes the dynamics without sounding overly processed or artificial, especially when used by an engineer that knows what they're doing. I have had really poorly compressed audio files that I've had to mix and fix, um, even with the the CL1B. So user-friendly controls, it's pretty intuitive. Although there's one knob on there that's not intuitive at all and is so confusing that even... Even the nerds on the internet barely know what's going on. And then number five is legendary status. It's been used on so many countless records, countless billboard number ones and hit records where it's just like, now it's just, now it's just, uh, it's legendary. Legendary Lou, right? So um, I'm going to read this. This is the first paragraph. From Vintage King here. It says the Tube Tech CL1B compressor is basically an optical compressor on steroids. It's all tube design delivers smooth musical compression without introducing harshness, even when the needle is pegged. Capable of quickly and easily producing radio-ready vocals, the CL1B is well-known secret in the rap community. Also revered by rockers, the CL-1B excels at smoothing out bass lines, smashing electric guitars, and getting keys to sit just right in the mix. The CL-1B has been used on countless legendary recordings and is a go-to vocal compressor for any genre. Within minutes of getting your hands on the CL-1B, you'll be able to hear and feel the difference. The CL-1B is incredibly easy to use and features an intuitive interface for quickly dialing in the perfect settings for any signal, which is really interesting. The CL1B is a tube compressor. Um, optical doesn't mean tube. Optical compressors, as we talked about in, the, in a previous episode, about it's a the light
0: cell compression. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
1: light. It's it goes through an actual optical photocell type um, piece of in the PCB. There's an actual photocell. I don't know what it is. Attenuator, resistor, or something of that nature. Man, uh, but uh, it's it's not always tube. So you can have like an LA-3A, which is technically still optical, but is totally tubeless. A tubeless design is a FET design. Um, so with, as far as like tube tech, from my personal experience, the one thing that's really interesting is that typical tube gear, which I love and use, has this tonal balance thing to it where it boosts the low end and it scoops the upper mids which makes the top end feel really sparkly. And sometimes it adds this like little sparkly in the top end, like we're talking 10K and up. And it's really interesting because the CO1B doesn't do that.
0: Yeah.
1: From my personal experience. At least not half as much as I've heard from any other, even high-end, tube compressor. Um, in fact, our number one complaint that Lou and I have talked about in the past is that it is for as many tubes that it has and as much maintenance that you need to put into it to upkeep it
0: which is not cheap the light bulb alone is expensive
1: the the light bulb behind the VU meter is expensive yeah, yeah. and um it's really interesting for as much as we need to calibrate everything it's pretty colorless yeah even like i've had we've had cheaper and more expensive two compressors that in part more color but i think maybe that's why it may be more popular too because the one thing that it is it is musical in the sense that it's pretty hard to fuck up the compression settings from a cl1b
0: and it's also really easy it has a teeter point to it like there's there's this one point where if you get to a certain amount of uh, reduction you start to hear it and it's not it's not as described in my opinion But I think part of the reason why people do like the clean side of it is because it's so clean. Like, if you wanted uh, to hire just about anybody in L.A. and all they had to know was how to use a 1073 and a CL1B, the common chain you hear everybody about... They're always talking about how okay, cool. Use the mic of your choice. Use a 1073. It'll get it nice and forward in the mix. And the tube tap compression. You know, as long as you're doing some compression, like it's clean. It doesn't do like the whole LA2A thing. It doesn't do like the LA3A where it throws it in the for, uh, throws it forward or something. It's pretty transparent as a compressor. And I think that's what kind of appeals to like I was saying, like the pop hip hop side. Um, sometimes they want a little more aggression on the rap side of things, which is why I've noticed that a lot of people who do more rap they'll sometimes have a cl one b because of its popularity but i'll see like a distressor more often and the rock side uh being because there's a like a lot of uh it's not always yelling in the rock side but there's like pop rock and all that that's not really the case but let's say that you're doing some like hard rock stuff and you needed a vocalist that got from quiet to loud constantly it i've noticed that even when the cl one b pumps it does stay clean so, I think that's part of why people like it. It just kind of stays clean.
1: It's a very clean compressor. I, I I go into what you just mentioned as well. It's also like pretty expensive during the pandemic when there was the shortage. And I think
0: it's still currently in that stage right now. Oh, really? It's, They're it's, still it's, selling for more than retail used.
1: Yeah. So, I think, yeah. So, because it was made by a dude in like 1991. We'll talk about that in just a moment here. What was that guy's name? But anyway, uh, it was like, it was first invented in 1991, kind of like a advanced higher end better LA 2A type I think that's what it was supposed to be um but anyway there's I'm gonna read the next paragraph here the TubeTech CL1B features a gain reduction element positioned immediately after the input transformer, which is controlled by the sidechain amplifier. The CL1B features two time control circuits, one for fixed attack and release times, and the other one is for variable, which can either be used or separately or combined. A dedicated bus selector with three positions, off bus one, bus two, which is the most complicated thing. We had to do deep research on what the heck the sidechain selector did, because it, like, it does not do what Normal sidechain filter in a compressor does. And it's like, it's really misleading that it's a, it's called a sidechain. Honestly, it should be called something else. We're gonna talk about that uh, towards the end here. But you can link up, apparently, off of this description, all it says is a dedicated bus selector with three positions off bus one, bus two, which can be used to link up to 10 compressors together in your signal chain. I have no idea what the fuck that means, okay? Uh, the gain reduction element is followed by a tube based push pull amplifier with variable gain up to 30 dBs providing powerful yet transparent compression. Input and output transformers have a static screen between the primary and secondary wirings, allowing for minimal distortion. Both the input and output are balanced and fully floating to offer you maximum flexibility when patching into your system. It's really interesting that they have a super clean tube design. I wonder if the even harmonics, typically that derive from tube input and output uh, amplification, I wonder if the... Even harmonics hides the distortion a little bit better because it's just... uh, If that's part of the reason. Okay, anyway, so on the attack and release times, on the CL1B, you'll see three knobs. You'll see... uh, On attack and release select, you'll see fixed. You'll see fixed slash manual. And then you'll see manual. In manual, you have attack and release times that are fully variable from 0.5 milliseconds to 300 milliseconds for the attack time. And the release time, you'll see 0.05 seconds to 10 seconds for release time. So it can be a really slow release time. For fixed, the attack time is fixed at 1 millisecond, and the release time is fixed at 50 milliseconds. And for fixed slash manual, the attack time is always fixed to 1 millisecond, and the release time only the release time becomes variable, which is actually really great, to be honest. Because these, these knobs are fully, they're not stepped or anything. So they're fully, infinitely variable. So if you like that one millisecond attack time... You don't have to figure out where it is in the <laughs> dial and kind of guess. <laughs> is, it, is it at the 11 o'clock position? Is it at the, the yeah. 9 o'clock position? It's like, you have no idea. So if you can fix it, I'll be even better. And then just do the release by ear. And for me, compressors, I don't know about you, Lou, but for me, compressors, the release is one of the secrets to avoid pumping and to kind of create transparency. So um, any comments on that so far?
0: Um, is this, is guess, We're just reading the manual. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's one of those where it's like, I've used the TubeTech for so long that like it it really is just like how the, the description earlier said, like user-friendly. Um the most confusing thing for sure is still the buses, because me and you are both still trying to figure that out. Because there's there seems to be unconfirmed information about the bus's usability. But <laughs> if there's one thing we can for sure say is that with the tube tech the reason that i like the fixed position so much uh cuz sometimes i'll actually track with fixed it it does actually sound good and sometimes it's a, it's a good fixed fix. it's a reliable basic yeah, starting but point but the main reason you don't have to worry about recall mm. you know like uh, there's there's a lot of times where you'll start on a session in one studio and move on to the next studio and i was talking about this the other day with some of the cats at uh, Zeus where You know, somebody was pointing out, I was like, dude, do you see this? His template uses all stock plugins. I'm like, yeah, because you can't always assume that the next studio is going to have the same plugins. In the case of hardware, you can't always guarantee that you're going to have the same tube tech or anything that's been calibrated the same way. But if they could at least guarantee that the calibration on the fixed position was the same, then if you know you're going to be hopping around a lot, sometimes it's just better to dial in into the fixed position and just try to get an average gain reduction. And at the very least, you have a a very quick starting point to to re-find yourself at. As you switch through songs, you can always go to fixed manual and change the release time to match the music. But um, the fixed position is kind of a lifesaver if you haven't used them a lot, and if you can't guarantee that each unit that you've used has been calibrated to the same settings.
1: There you go. So, yeah, fixed is pretty useful. Honestly, one millisecond attack, it's Fifty second release is is that's just a reliable. It's like a reliable starting point, honestly. Yeah. Um, another thing that I want to share. This is from their manual. I'm reading from their manual, and you can write this down. Here's some recommended settings for their compression. So if you use a plugin, including a plugin of the CL1B, which Softude has as well as UAD has a licensed version of it. Here's here's what the manual recommends. So this is not us. This is the manual for final mix bus compression. You want to get, according to the manual, you want to aim for minus 3 to minus 4 dBs of gain reduction. You want to set the attack and release knob to fixed slash manual. Set the attack time to 2 o'clock. I don't know why there's a specific position for the attack time when we just stated that the fixed manual position doesn't change the attack time.
0: Yeah. So, the, re- so this is, the manual is confusing for a couple of reasons. This is one of them, right? But I mean, the, I assume this would be in manual mode, right?
1: No, it says, it says fixed and manual. So that means the attack time is fixed. So, but it's oh. saying to put it in the two o'clock position, which makes no sense. I don't understand. Oh. The release time is set to 10 o'clock and the ratio to nine o'clock. Nine o'clock is going to be closer to like two or three to one.
0: I think it'd be funny if they put like for the attack time, like being that it's fixed, it feels like 13 o'clock just to throw people way off
1: throw people way off that's true (laughs) yeah there's a it's really interesting because one of these hold on where was it
0: look the fixed one I think is missing the the attack and release
1: oh oh, this is so funny okay the fixed one is missing the attack and release yeah right there We're going to take a quick break to let you know that this episode has been brought to you by Tegler Audio based out of Berlin. Tegler makes fantastic analog pieces of equipment, everything from compressors, both tube, VCA as well, from reverbs to recording channel strips to tube summing mixers. And to my favorite piece that I personally own and have and use is the Schwercraft machine, which is digitally controlled compression, 11 different types of compressor. I mean, this thing is built to the brim with tubes and transformers. It's fantastic. They have digitally controlled analog gear, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. They've got two different pieces of that. They've got 500 series gear. So whether you're a tracking engineer, record- uh, mixing engineer, or a mastering engineer, you need to check out this high quality company, Tegler. And guess what their prices? They're not they're not crazy. They're mid-range prices for high-end equipment. They're like a fantastic company. We love them so much. And if you want 10% off any of their gear, you can go to their website directly or from their shop directly, or I'll link it in mixingmusicpodcast.com slash tegler T-E-G-E-L-E-R, and use the code MMPOD to get 10% off your next order. Now back to the show. Okay, when it's fixed. Okay, so for snare and bass drum, it says compression needed 2 to 3 dBs, attack and release time, select fixed, and ratio make it 9 to 12. So somewhere just heavy Why is the 9 high. to 12 that, so far to the right? <laughs> the standard compression. It looks like a page number. <laughs> the, the standard p- compression, according to the manual, which says bass, piano, guitar, keyboards, and vocals, compression needed, aim for 4 to 5 dBs, attack and release time, manual, attack set to 2 o'clock, release set to 10 o'clock. Ratio anywhere between 10 and 2 o'clock. So somewhere in the middle, like 12 o'clock, sure. Uh, And there's a couple couple more. We won't get into it. It doesn't matter. The one that's confusing. Okay, now let's get into the confusing part. Mm -hmm. The bus selector. So there's this... Apparently, if you look at any picture of a CL1B or if you've seen it, there's a switch with three positions. There's an off position, one, and two. The switch is the side chain bus select. Now, typically speaking, if you see a side chain... Button on a compressor means one. It means turn on the external side chain, mm-hmm. or there's a built-in side chain, which is typically a high-pass filter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you l- cut the low end from the side chain detection circuit, so it com- so the low end triggers the compression less. Okay, this side chain bus select we have confirmed is neither one of those things. Yep. And after thorough investigation, we have. Come to the conclusion, this is from Gearspace. Shout out to Psycho underscore monkey. Wait, no, sorry, that's not the right person. It I was is, about to say. Is, It is Digital M who says, The way the Tube Tech uses the term, quote, sidechain is a little confusing. The sidechain socket on the CL1B does not provide a conventional sidechain input on the Tube Tech. It is a link socket to chain multiple compressors, meaning that it is a link. So some mono compressors, in order to link them and turn them into a stereo compressor, you link it together. But I don't know what that means, because usually linking, all it does is it links the threshold. <laughs> so it's like, so you get the same amount of compression, and it links the attack and release time, so you get the same amount of compression. So you only have to control one of them, which compresses both. But I don't... What does it mean?
0: Doesn't it actually have a mention of feeding an external input as well?
1: I the the more, the the thing that makes it even more confusing and this is this is wild to me is that in the manual in the manual it says adjustment of compression for tracking turn the threshold counter uh th- turn the threshold control fully counterclockwise set the ratio at 2 to 1 set the bus select switch at 1 so it says move the bus select switch from off to 1 which, knowing what it does,
0: does Why? fucking
1: nothing. It does you, nothing.
0: Even, even if it was an external sidechain input, it would do nothing. Because there's no input.
1: It's nothing. Why does the manual... And that's the only place where the manual says change the bus select as a recommended setting. It, it's the most confusing. We, I read that. And here's here's the one sentence that they have about the sidechain filter. We're looking through the manual like, what does the side the sidechain bus select thing do? It's two sentences. Bus select interconnects several compressors on bus one or bus two. If the compressor is left in the off position, it works entirely independently. That explains nothing.
0: Yeah. It doesn't tell you what parameters are controlled or anything, but also why if does it change the response if you're in select one actually we should do a test on that just feed pink noise blips everything oh we should do a test yeah we
1: should come with conclusions on
0: the next episode that might be cool yeah
1: it's like donkey kong country you go into it and there's no tutorial screen no buttons no no nothing to show you start up donkey kong country and you're like figure this shit out you don't know which enemies you can't roll into you don't know which enemies you can't jump on top of mm. <laughs> you got the one hint that they give you is when you roll and you hit an enemy you roll a little faster that's the only <laughs> hint the game gives you you have no fucking clue of how to play the game at all um That's what the CL1B is. It's just Donkey Kong Country country
0: and (laughs) a (laughs) compressor. No, like I said, like it's a it's a cool unit, but the downside is that you know I think I'd actually much more prefer an external sidechain input than that. Like they make a unit called the CL2A, which uh, to be honest, it's it's a dual tracking version of itself, um, and it's actually cleaner in audio.
1: There it is, forty five hundred bucks. Yeah, forty five hundred
0: bucks. You could buy two. CL one B's essentially, um, the topology is very slightly different. From what I remember, like I remember reading that there's like a few differences, but it's uh, overall identically the same unit. Um, but oh, wait, there's notice, the same side chain. <laughs> there's the same side chain, but it's like if you really wanted. A sidechain input. Wouldn't you prefer an external sidechain input and just have two units? And there's
1: that obscure. Yeah, there you go. Have two units. There's there's another.
0: There's a link on it. <laughs> yeah, so there's, like, there's what a would link one, one and link that? two.
1: So it's not even. There's no off position on the stereo version. The CL2A has two options on the link on the link switch. It's got link one or link two. There's no off switch, unless there's one in the middle, which is like the unspoken. You know, Are you it has seeing like a, a
0: bus select on that at all.
1: There's no bus select. I think it's that link thing. I think it's the link thing. So we'd have to read the manual. Tube Tech, you know.
0: Chime in. Let us know. Yeah,
1: what the heck is going on, dog? Because nobody knows how to use the bus select thing. I don't even think. I, I We need to talk to the creator directly. It's such an interesting piece. I, I will say. I will say. That tube tech, which makes multiple different types of gear, they make preamps which sound great as well. Mm-hmm. Very good company, very reliable company. I think the the founder died in the last during the pandemic. Oh shit! If I'm not mistaken, wasn't that part of the reason for the shortage?
0: To be honest, I didn't pay much attention to the shortage. Okay, okay hold
1: on. Let me look. At, let me Google it right now because yeah. I don't know. Did the owner?
0: I just remember founder, a lot of people wanting a lot of specific pieces that went up in value. I think it was more popularity than it was. That, but that, if that was the case, that would have driven up numbers.
1: Yeah, so, okay, hold on. First off, Lidcraft, L-Y-D-K-R-A-F-T, the company behind the blue tube tech gear. Lydcraft is Danish word for sound power. It was founded mm, in 1977 like by jo- John G. Peterson and two partners. Um, okay, so, I mean, the TubeTech CL1B was created in 1991, but it sounds like TubeTech or Lidcraft, which created, which was the company that made TubeTech, or the CL1B, uh, was founded in 1977. Interesting. And, okay, so they even have, they have the Poltec clone, mm-hmm. the EQP, P, yeah, so they got the Poltec clone, the ME-1A mid-range, and the PE-1A. Oh, there's a full list of 2 tech products from 1985 to present. The Equalizers, Opto, CL1A. Oh, CL1A was 1987. Yeah. CL1B must be the revision. Interesting.
0: And there's a CL2B in 98.
1: Yeah, there you go. They got yeah. DI's. They got dual things. Anyway, very cool history. Of okay. uh, Michael Jackson wanted a CL1B so bad for his live appearance in Paris that his this became crucial for his performance at the concert. John had to ship the unit express from factory to the concert venue, and everything eventually turned out well. That's nice. cool. And as you know, I'm a big Michael fan. I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about what one comedian said. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna repeat. Uh, anyway, I have no idea what it doesn't. It doesn't say anything about. About John G. Peterson. And I'm trying to figure this out. It doesn't say anything, I guess.
0: He might still be alive. He might still be alive.
1: I thought... Yeah, there's still interviews. There's no you.
0: Wikipedia for John G. Peterson? Does chat GPT know?
1: Y- yeah. Die? I- <laughs> is Is this guy... He just doesn't exist. It's not a real human being.
0: Does he really have an Instagram? Uh it's just TubeTech. Just TubeTech, huh? TubeTech and TubeTech in the way. Man, those Yuri horns.
1: I don't I don't think nobody's typing in rip in the comments, so maybe we just spread unnecessary rumors. He, he he might be John G. <laughs>
0: Peterson. We're sorry. Oh, it
1: is okay. Hold on. Wait 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 wait. Wait, 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 Hamilton. Wait, that is a totally different dude. That is a totally different John G. Peterson. Okay, maybe maybe he's okay. I have no idea. I'm just spreading false rumors, just like what the bus selector switch does. The man, John G. Peterson, is just shrouded in mystery. <laughs> For all we know, he is, he is the cause of every, every mysterious disappearance in the Bermuda Triangle. There's just, there's just <laughs> the bus selector switch on the CL1B. We have no idea what the fuck is going on.
0: You know, I was wondering what somebody meant when they said that the TubeTech uh, CL1B was designed by Cthulhu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It is uh, created by Cthulhu. We don't know what it. We don't know what's going on, Um, but f the manual, f the manual for not telling us what the bus bus selector
0: does. Also, who wrote the manual? (laughs) I bet. Signed at the bottom, John G. Peterson. It it was yeah
1: by John G. Peterson. Sorry, John, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, hopefully, this episode helps you. This is a really entertaining episode because we have it's very obvious that this this unit is still shrouded in mystery. But it's it's a classic one nonetheless and it's something that you should know. You should be comfortable with. I just like it because it's blue,
0: honestly. Yeah. Why why not call the sidechain inputs links? <laughs> there you go. Then why not just give us actual sidechain inputs, which would be I would argue virtually much more useful.
1: There you go. There's <laughs> see my my compressor of choice right now is the Tegler Schwercraft machine from Tegler Audio, our sponsor. And
0: uh, you've had it now for over a month. How are you liking uh,
1: it? Yeah, dude, it's it's actually been good. I use it all the time. Um, and I use it all, a lot, like on very a, many of my most of my mixes. And um, this thing has more knobs and is significantly more complicated. Mm-hmm. And probably has sold less units than the CL1B. Yet, when I read the manual, mm-hmm. I know what's going on.
0: So That's, shout out
1: yeah. to, to shout out to Tagler Audio for writing a comprehensive manual that makes sense Shout out to i'm you
0: still know. I'm just still in awe over the smallest detail on that manual. Um, why did the compression uh, ratio? have to be all the way far away to the right. It looked like it was a page number. I, when I looked at it, I was like, I guess they didn't give oh, us the Oh, it detail. was the
1: formatting of the page. The yeah. formatting of the page was off and like the number where it's supposed to be in a line in a column, for some reason, the number for the gain reduction or the ratio was like all the way on the right-hand side, almost bleeding like, off the page.
0: Yeah, it literally looked like when you're flipping through a newspaper. Oh God, am I that old? Um, but yeah, it's like when you're flipping through a newspaper and you're like, what page am I on? You look to the bottom right. It felt very much like that. Like I don't know who. That's was why there was a
1: Garfield out. comic right on the next page as well. I'm <laughs> just a,
0: uh,
1: anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully that helped you. We're trying to be informative. Uh, we uh, we have various different types of comments. We got a lot of cool feedback from my my uh, my my crazy episode we did a couple weeks ago about crazy. Get your shit together. It was uh, it was an episode about uh, responsibility and about self improvement. It was actually a really, really interesting one. Got a lot of good feedback on that one. Some and some people also are like, "Who are you? I don't need another pastor." That was a, that was a comment <laughs> on our YouTube. I don't, I don't need another pastor in my life." Who Who is this for? Was another comment. Would you
0: religiously <laughs> pass pitching? I think it, I think
1: it was more like I was trying to I was trying to invoke this like doctor disrespect kind of personality, and I guess some people interpret it as like the 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 pastor energy I guess I like how
0: somebody already had a pastor and was like I don't need another one <laughs>
1: yeah, I, guess, I guess that was it anyway um, thank you so much for listening if you haven't already please rate the podcast five stars if you gain any value from any of our episodes it's totally free and it helps us grow please rate the episode on whatever platform that you listen to and maybe even on the other platforms if you haven't done so already just download the other app and rate us five stars on the other apps you know fuck it you know, why not great, great. Um, thank you so much for listening to the episode and for supporting us we we are here our call to action our purpose here is to help you um, make better mixes make better music that you're proud of and you know if you're trying to make a living from mixing then we can hope or audio in general we hope that we can do that for you as well so thank you for so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast happy mixing my friends and stay saucy